You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Anarchaeologist Speaks. Now this week I've got a few news stories uh, to go through with you. I just want to apologise for not having a show last week. It's basically my bad time management and, you know, things kind of cropping up. And um, what I'm hoping to do this week is really uh, record a lot of shows and do a lot of great work with people who have been absolutely amazing with being flexible because, you know, the way my my job works is that I work long hours and, you know, odd times, so I, I don't have a lot of time to just be flexible, so people have been really flexible with me, and I'm I'm really uh, thankful for that. It's been really cool hearing about, of course, the two um, big events were obviously uh, the CIFA conference here in the UK, in Cardiff, and it was amazing hearing what was going on, what, was, what people were talking about, and actually one of the great, well, I mean... <sighs> Great in the sense that it really opened a lot of people's eyes is the hashtag #EveryDigSexism, and I really, really um, encourage everybody to go and check that out on Twitter. It was basically there was a a few se- uh, there was the session on the glass ceiling in archaeology, and it really I can't describe how like it was kind of eye opening, you know, um, and it was something that I'm going to dedicate an episode to. I just want to make it sure it's in the right way because you know the, these are difficult things to talk about. These are um, these are subjects that aren't. It's not something you can easily um, just flippantly talk about. And I really want to give. I want to give it a proper platform um, to talk about. And so I mean, I'm 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 either I'm looking for possibly looking for somebody to come speak to me about that um that would be really cool so if you're interested in being on, on a podcast about every dig sexism then uh please get in contact with me uh tristan at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com or you can find me on twitter at anarchaeologist um of course there was also the saas over in san fran uh which which were really cool and it was amazing uh hearing about them hearing what was going on uh it was particularly cool to hear about um you know arche- uh, archaeology anarchism um you know because obviously Ed Gonzalez had been here on episode 5 the anarchaeologist and uh, he'd been talking to me about it it was just really cool to finally have it kind of like hearing that other people are you know hearing about it getting excited about it and our, our very own Archaeotech podcast was broadcasting live. So if you're interested, it's a really it's an amazing episode of Archaeotech, and it's done live and something we really want to do in the future. So I mean, th- this is really the extent to which we want to uh, improve the Archaeology Podcast Network is to really get involved at conferences when we can make them. So I'm happy to announce that um, I have a, a session. Uh, well. M- you know, uh, co-organizer Chris, of course, um, we have a session at the EAA, and I don't want to just do the whole, you know, one day, you know, like, you're just there for one session, no, I, I want to cover it all, and so, um, it'd be amazing, um, thinking of maybe, like, doing, um, auxiliary event outside, like, a tweet-up, but better, I mean, I'd love to, if people are cool, 
if people are cool with it, like, I'd love to do a podcast live session. Like, we just take over somewhere and we just podcast from there live and we, we, we just, uh, it, you know, it would be it would be something amazing um, because then we can get people on, we can talk to people and I can make up terrible nicknames for them and yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. Um, so that's going to be really cool. That's the 2nd to the 5th of September. I know it's still far, far away and but it doesn't feel very far away. It doesn't feel far away at all. Anyway, um, all I wanted to say is thank you for continuing to listen. You know, I'm 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 trying my best to continue on a professional uh, outlook, but it's it's very difficult because obviously my time is taken up by work, and now Chris's time is taken up by work, and you know it would be amazing to have more people on board because we are growing you know we're we're looking at another two shows in the pipeline i mean you know archaeology podcast network it, it's growing it's growing and um to kind of feed that growth we're going to need to ha- have people help us along so if you've ever been interested in media archaeology and you can spare the smallest amount of time to help us out it would be absolutely fantastic i mean it can be something as simple as simple as just helping us like fulfill our social media potential uh it, or it can be something like if you ever want to try your hand at audio editing i mean uh we have a range of training and tools that we can kind of you know help you through and if you've ever been even slightly interested please please get in contact with either myself tristan at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com or get in contact with chris now of course onto the show and um the story's the stories this week um, are quite interesting. Uh, of course, they're interesting. They're from around the internet. And yet again, paleo diets appear. Um, yeah, I've still got to do part two of that. Uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway, I wrote a blog post about diets in the past, and uh, I still haven't got around to finishing it. I'm really bad at this. Um, so anyway, there's a lot going on with the upper paleolithic diet. Um particularly what's called the Magdalenian phase uh, in Europe's Upper Paleolithic Diet, which is about 18,000 to 12,000 years ago. And the problem is that we don't really know a lot. Um, see, th- what happens is when we look at, for example, dental calculus, which is how we, uh, like, use wear analysis. So w- what we do is we basically look at how the teeth is worn or maybe there's traces left of actual material and uh, the problem is that plant foods a lot of them don't leave a lot of trace so what's happened now is we're starting to build up our understanding of what was happening um so what's happened usually the magdalenian in much of northwest europe is commonly characterized as a period of reindeer hunters but we're not really sure if that's actually the case in Iberia because what we're kind of finding is that um, that what we're finding is that actually you know plants may have contributed more than we think um, for, uh, to the diet. Now what happened was uh, Robert Parr, a PhD candidate for the Max Planck Research Group um, was basically using, and his colleagues, were using optical scanning electron microscope with uh, uh, X-ray spectroscopy to do the analysis. So this is another, this is a range of very, very interesting um, 
analyses, particularly because obviously you're using several different mediums of uh, rec uh, recording data. Um, X-ray spectroscopy. Um, I mean, I'm looking. We're looking at things that are probably inorganic uh, compounds, whereas your optical and your scanning electron microscope allows you to identify at almost a molecular level. Uh, because you're heading down to nanometers at that point. So uh, there's obviously a big range of data that's there, and um, what we're looking for is really small remains. So, I mean, it's it's interesting because obviously you've got the paleo diet uh, is a big thing um, at the moment. And uh, there was another great story as well with um, the diet in the Paleolithic of cannibalism. And, uh, <laughs> which I thought was funny because I was like, huh, that's a real paleo diet. <laughs> no, I'm not funny. Um, but I, I just find it interesting that, well, you know, there's this kind of like, oh yeah, paleo diet's so good for us. It was like perfect. Oh my, my God, I'm so healthy because now I'm like an caveman. And then suddenly it's like, well, actually probably ate each other. Are you going to eat your children? No, I just want to be healthy. I'm from a middle-class background. I've got nothing or reason to live anymore. Anyway, sorry. Um, that, that, that came out a bit worse than I thought. But anyway, um, so it, it, the, the story, there is um, another story about ritual cannibalism at Goff's Cave, which is about 14,000, 14,700 uh, years ago. And it's in Somerset in England, for those who are of the American persuasion. Um, and basically, the excavation, the first round of excavations uh, ended in 1992, but like more research has been uh, done on the site, and they've discovered that uh, there's a lot of um, human tooth marks on many of the bones. And so you have to wonder what these people are doing with the bones, um, after they're buried or during the bury, I you know um, right now there's not a lot that we can say about it. It's just interesting that this is research coming out at the same time as the previous bit of research was the Magdalenian period. So let, it, we'll we'll see what happens with more research from this area. If you're interested, it is Simon Parfit of the University College London, uh, as well as Dr. Sylvia Bello. So, uh, check out those names, check out Goff's Cave, uh, if you want to find out more. Now, of course, something a little bit close to my home, and uh, interestingly enough, my very own uh, previous lecturer, Dr. Gordon Noble, from the University of Aberdeen, uh, makes a television appearance, as he should. Uh, so, obviously, what they find is there's a remote sea stack off the coast of Aberdeenshire. Now, sea stacks are basically where the land has been kind of... as The land has stretched out in the sea, and the sea has worn away uh, a connecting point, and you basically get this little stack in the sea. Um, and it's usually to do with just the shape of the coastline. It means that it's easier to erode between the stack than to erode the entire stack away. So, what's interesting is uh, that the Pictish Fort was kind of on top of the sea stack. Um, so, it's it's a very, very interesting and new discovery. It's actually really, really interesting. Wow. 
That's cool. Sorry, um, Pictish sto- symbol stones were said to be found uh, on top of the sea stack uh, in the 19th century, but nobody's really done a proper excavation uh, at all. So, of course, the, uh, the Pictish remains are not very conclusive. There's not a lot kind of going out there. We don't really know what um we don't really know what the picked who the picks were you know and but you know we're, we're we're constantly learning and that's the important thing here and um i mean the thing is that this is a, a little bit of an exciting piece of archaeology because obviously they have to contend with the sea with the coastline with a lot of things going on i mean there's a lot of mud and turf which obviously archaeologists are more than used to but Let's just say, you know, this this is combining all the elements here, uh, which is really really cool. Um, they even had a they have a really they had a climbing guide. That, that's awesome. So if you want to do archaeology on a cliff face, check out the University of Aberdeen, because uh, that's the kind of stuff that they do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So um, finally, I'll uh, round off with a, a piece about an online project. Um, from the Archaeology Data Service. The Archaeology Data Service, of course, um, is kind of uh, tied to the like the University of York. Um, and obviously there's a lot of information that's happening in archaeology. There's been a lot about digital archaeology, especially the SAAs, about open data, about open access to data. And what's interesting is that a lot of the time that this data is difficult to find or it's hidden away, it's tucked away. So any resource that kind of brings all that data out into the open for people to look at is a great resource. So this resource is basically rural settlements of Roman Britain. And if you want to check it out, it is uh, archaeologydataservice.ac.archaeologydataservice.ac.uk forward slash archives forward slash view forward slash r-o-m-a-n-g-l I like that so anyway this is um, currently in its first kind of phase and um, when we have more phases uh, we'll get more and more data. So, for example, Wales is to be in 2015. And what's interesting is um, that this is an ongoing project, including about 3,482 reports. And um, it's actually even including some sites that have been published in 1808. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. A little bit too much culture history for my liking. But anyway, uh, that's fantastic. I mean, that's archaeology in itself. You know, it'd be really cool to kind of uh, compare compare reports of the same site over a number of years. That would get interesting, wouldn't it? I think. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to check that out, it's really, really cool. As, as always, the ADS are absolutely amazing, especially if you're really big into data as you should be, you're an archaeologist, data is everything, right? Um, so it's really, really interesting. And uh, that rounds up my Anarchaeologist Speaks this week. So what's happening over the next uh, couple of weeks is I'm talking to a number of people about a number of different things. Uh, you can actually catch me on a bunch of other podcasts 
Now, I don't really usually talk about the other podcasts, but they're absolutely amazing, and they're the coolest people around. I really want to shout a big, 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 big shout out to the non-archaeology podcasts. Obviously, there are great archaeology podcasts here in the Archaeology Podcast Network. I can't say that anymore without sounding weird, but the other podcasters I converse with are absolutely fantastic, and I want to say biggest shout out to David Meyer, who is... Uh, who has his own uh, podcast now called Border, uh, Podcast Without Borders. Um, you can find that at Bo- No Borders Pod. Um, absolutely f- really coolest guy ever and does a really, really cool show and you should definitely listen to it. There's obviously a number of other shows and if I start naming them off, I'll probably forget somebody. But um, So there's the Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks um, show which sent me amazing stickers and beer cozies absolutely really cool and something I really definitely want to uh, follow up with myself. There is the Musings, Musings of the Shibe with Hirojab Shibe and I, I, I like if you're interested in cryptocurrency in any way she's a great uh, resource to have because like she's really good at explaining stuff you know and I'm not really <laughs> crazy about cryptocurrency. I still don't understand it. I, I don't. But she's helped me understand a little bit about the kind of, not even just the technology, but the ideology as well. Because that's quite an important part uh, in the modern kind of cryptocurrency area. So next up, Liar City. If you're interested in a amazingly produced show, who also sent me stickers, um, about facts and history that people lied about and were found out it's an absolutely amazing show of worthy note is the episode about um the jonestown massacre which is kind of horrifying and like i mean that is it's it's one of those things where you can't believe it happened but uh, it's it's one of those things. Um, the other people you should definitely podcast. You should listen to podcast digest. Absolutely fantastic podcast talking about podcasts. I know it's a bit odd to most people, but check it out definitely. And I'll be on the Stranger Conversations and Borders Without Podcast. Borders Without Podcast. Oh my God, I'll be on. I'll be on the shows Podcast Without Borders, and I'll be on the Stranger Conversations and. I'll probably be on other shows as well. So if you're really, really interested, because of course you are, I'll be talking about, well, archaeology. I'll be talking about podcasting. And uh, I think that's it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, if you're interested in helping out with the Archaeology Podcast Network, get in contact with us. You can find uh, us on Twitter. I'm at an archaeologist there's at archpodnet there's at archaeowebby for chris um and if you're really interested we've had a few people get in contact with us and it's been absolutely fantastic and we'd love to hear uh from more of that uh from more of you uh because that that's really what we want to do is create a big big community if you love the podcast then you can also support us if you'd like um it just means that we can buy everybody beer at the conference Chris, <laughs> I didn't get a beer. Why didn't I get? Oh, I wasn't at the conference. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, that was a joke. By the way, we always want to improve the shows that we do, and podcasting does take. Um, it does cost 
to do the hosting, to do have the tools for editing, have the equipment. If you want to support us, you can go to the website and support. If you have a show suggestion, if you want to do a show with any of us, or you've got a show suggestion that you really want to hear, a topic you really want to hear about, you can click that as well. So in the meantime, stay archaeology. I don't know, no, that doesn't work. Uh, anyway, uh, let me do. Let me finish off my Chris impression because he does this every show. I love it. I love it every single time. Give me a second. Give me a second. Put down your pens. No, no, I, I've got it. I've got it. Put down your paper. Pick up your tablet, and we'll see you in the field. How was that? <laughs> and we'll see you in the field. We'll see you in the field. And we'll see you in the. Fi- we'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.